0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Indie Basketball Podcast. This is where Indie Rock meets the NBA's finest. We got another one-on-one conversation. This time, we have Ellis Ludwig Leone, who is from the band San Fermin, and he recently released his first solo album called False We Hope. Um, He also used to play uh, basketball himself, so we had a great conversation talking about growing up and history of basketball and and following the NBA now, as well as uh, Sam Fermin and, and his solo album. So enjoy our conversation. You. yeah, pleasure to meet you. Thank you for coming on.
1: Of course, I'm doing this on my new iPad, which has this unnerving thing where it follows oh. me. Oh, so,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the uh, it feels like that meta, what is it, portal or it just like follows yeah. you everywhere?
1: Exactly, exactly. Crazy. The first time it happened, I was like, I was like, I didn't know that that was a feature, and I was like, What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I, mean, I right.
0: feel like, too, if you're like a Like a mover when you talk, like it's like, oh, it's back and forth. I know,
1: I know, I know, it's chaos. Anyway, yeah, nice Um, to meet you though. I, uh, it's uh, always fun to get an excuse to talk basketball with, especially with a fellow musician.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, I had your bandmate Alan on and, um, he obviously was a big basketball fan. He played basketball and he's like, you gotta talk to Ellis because, uh, he likes basketball just as much, if not more than I do.
1: Yeah. I used to, used to, uh, when we met we were both like really serious players and then um you know he went on to a very illustrious career at nyu scored a, mm-hmm. i think he made both of his free throws that he, yeah. That he, that he, he said yep. Yep. Yep.
0: yeah um, yeah." injuries get the best of them huh?
1: yeah exactly
0: but uh yeah you guys have known each other for a long time
1: um yeah we basically we've been um we met when when uh i was 15 i think he was 16 mm-hmm. and we um we basically went to, we were at like Berkeley summer camp for right. nerds. I'm sure he, you know, he told you <laughs> maybe some of that. And, uh, but basically I, I remember him casually dropping into a conversation that he could dunk. And I was like, Burr.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, we started talking. yeah. And then I think like one of our, one of our first hangs was at, um, like a recruiting camp, like Eastern invitational, mm-hmm. you know, thing. And, uh, he came up to Massachusetts to come do that. Cause it was in Boston and um yeah he was more of like a solid point guard like Mm -hmm. took charges you know really good distributor um like very coach's son energy yeah uh, with how he played um and i was like no defense like (laughs) never took a charge in my life i would like i would run out as soon as there was a rebound to try to get like a breakaway yeah yeah that was that was my that was my game
0: (laughs) awesome um We'll 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 definitely talk some of our hoops, but uh, I like to start start with some music, especially because yeah. uh, you have a new album that came out not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, um, solo album called "False We Hope." Um, yeah. But before we talk about that, I one thing I like to start with everyone is what are you what are you listening to?
1: What am I listening to? Um, I'm listening to uh, the thing I was just listening to on the way over here. Is um, do you know Fatu Mata Diawara? Have you come across her at all? Do not. She's a She's a Malian singer. I did some arrangements for her a couple months ago, um, and I like well, I was doing these arrangements. I'm like, this this music is amazing. It's so yeah. cool. She's done a bunch of stuff with, with Gorillaz and Disclosure and some like oh, sort, okay. of best, sort of that's sort of been the more like Western kind of stuff that she's done. Outrageous voice, and she's like, when I talked to her about her songs, she was like, um, she's like, there's songs about really difficult things. Like some of them are about like, yeah, like really uh intense personal experiences and some political stuff you know that she's gone through mm. but she's like she was just like uh she was like so i make the songs really happy and really enjoyable and then you listen to the lyrics and you realize that they're really intense and then so you have two feelings about it and i was like you are thinking very clearly about your artwork yes. <laughs> like that is yes. like yeah and there's all her songs are just like such jams she's playing at brooklyn bowl uh i think next week so i was just kind of cool. like
0: is yeah yeah I love when you, you find uh a lot of music that's it just sounds like so happy, but then you really listen, you're like, wait a minute, this is this is heavy. Yeah. Like have you listened to the the new uh album by the Beths? Like that one is very no, also No, not yet. Really? There's um like it's just like such like fun, like kind of like you know, indie pop stuff. And then you're like yeah. listening to lyrics and you're like, this is so sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I do feel like that's kind of the that's the the trapdoor that you get for, you know, being a musician, like you can, yeah. you can get into people's, you know, minds in this way. That's, I, I, I think it's really powerful. Like people are just, uh, they let their guard down and then suddenly, right. you know, and I think there's a responsibility to that too. <laughs> like sure. you don't want to come in and, you know, not, not be considered like, you know, you, I think there's a generosity you have to have as a musician. Like uh, if you're going to deal with the difficult subject, do it in a way that is, yeah, you know, considering the audience and all that, but um, I remember being at—I uh, was at Paul Simon's last show in oh. um, uh, Corona, in Queens, um, and I was standing next to this guy, and he was like a thousand years old, and uh, you know, clearly had not like had a fun <laughs> life. <laughs> you know, it was certainly not like a fun day in a while, and he was like stone, you know, and then uh, and then Paul Simon played Bridge Over Troubled Water. And, like, I remember saying, like, looking at this guy and just seeing him absolutely, like, his whole facade just, like, broke. Oh, and he just man. was, like, you, like, see him, like, you know, tears coming down his, his cheeks. And uh, I was, like, there is nothing that would have made this man feel that way except for yeah. music. You know, it really is right? the one way And uh, I feel like it's, <laughs> like, those
0: moments where you're, like, man, music, right? Like, Yeah, no, really.
1: It's really, it's really, like, it's, I do think that's, that's real, you know. Yeah. And it was cool just to talk to, to Fatu about that and and her, like. Just understanding that on such like a, an intuitive level, where I'm like, yeah, cool, because, you know, my album's about like a weird extended metaphor about a bird that's that kind of about death, but also about like my family, but also not about me at all. <laughs> it's like, it's right. like no, 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 it's much simpler than that, you know. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. let yeah, about your your album. Is this this is your no. first solo mm-hmm. album?
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, for for people, I mean, for so San Fermin you know, the band that I write for, like, that's, I think it sits pretty squarely. And I mean, it doesn't quite sit anywhere super squarely, I guess, but it's, if if I was going to use a word, it would be like, it's like an indie band, like, yeah, it's a bigger indie band in terms of the number of people and all that, yeah, but it's yeah. kind of orchestral vibes to it. But, but it's real songs, you know, um, but this album, False We Hope, that's, that just came out, uh, and we're doing our release show this week. It was like my chance to just, it was, it was my pandemic project and it was my chance to basically write something that I wanted to like, um, something that I knew I couldn't write for the band, you know, mm-hmm. I want, so it's really, it's like, it's very thorny. Um, it's really like, uh, it's, it features a string quartet, a taco quartet and a singer, Eliza is like one of my good friends. She goes by Soul, and in her, her indie, uh, project. Gotcha. Um, but she also is like a classical singer. Um, and I was just like, I'm gonna. I was like, I just, I wanted to make something that sounded haunted and like a séance. So my 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 uh, the image I was shooting for was, I just watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer that in the entire, <laughs> you know, during the pandemic I watched yeah. the entire. show. And I was like, I want an album that sounds like, like a a séance happening in the back alley yeah like behind the club the nightclub that they all go to so you hear a little like stuff kind of coming through the floors
0: but mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm.
1: this weird sort of like horror aspect to it so that was the that was the goal and then the idea also was maybe if i can write that album then the next stand for me now album i write, i can just write you know <laughs> songs rather than right, like right. Uh, you know so kind of everything in its right place
0: well I, f- I feel mission like mission accomplished because when i was listening to it i'm like man this is it's so like spooky. It's, like, a, it's you know, like it's like Edward Edward Allen Poe. Like you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's the total vibe. And it's it's honestly that's it puts reference. you in like a Victorian mindset almost.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was doing an interview about it um, with an opera singer who was. You know, she was asking me questions and she was like, I listened to this on the plane when there was turbulence and I would not recommend it. <laughs> yeah. she was like, I was terrified. <laughs> right.
0: Cause it really does. It's, it feels like it's, it's scoring like your life yeah. or whatever's happening yeah. at the moment. It, it's going to score it in a way that's going to make whatever you're doing a little, just a little more ominous.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. It's definitely one of those where I was, I wanted everything like I wanted it to feel like there was a, uh, that each track was a view on the same sculpture, but like you were just kind of changing the light a little bit, so it goes mm-hmm. from really beautiful to kind of scary to like gloomy to to bright and that there's just this kind of feeling of like a changing shifting kind of uh, feeling that that for me I also got as a kid listening to like uh, you know like fairy tales and stories like where yeah. you go you go so you go from feeling Awe and joy to terror like in like a drop of a hat, you
0: know. So yeah, that yeah. was kind of the,
1: the goal for that piece.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it definitely comes across. And you ha- you have like this I'd say you have quite like a, a classical like background mm-hmm. musically, correct? Yeah. Right? yeah. Um how do you how do you how do you balance like that and San Fermin? Like how did you I <laughs> guess really how did you really get into San Fermin? Like
1: I, I always had two parallel lives kind of in that way. Um so I basically, uh, you know, when I was a ki- uh, kid, and this actually kind of goes with the basketball thing too. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I like the way I presented myself to my friends was like, I was a basketball guy and I really, that was my identity all the way through high school. Like I was, that was me. Um, but I was like sort of secretly taking classical piano lessons the entire time, you know, playing rock on and off and, you know, knuckle kind of thing. <laughs> And then I had this other parallel thing where I played in bands. So, like my freshman sophomore year in high school, I played in a metal band that turned out to be a Christian rock band. I did not know
0: <laughs> but it was I love I love when that happens when like sometimes yeah. you're listening to a your band, you're like, "Wait are they are they Christian?" Yeah, it, totally. I, that happened to me while I was playing. I was
1: like, <laughs> I was like, I love all these cool songs about like monsters and the Leviathan." and yeah. And then I was like, isn't that?" Because I I didn't grow up religious, you know, so I was uh, so I was, um, yeah, I was surprised to learn that I was (laughs) I was in a Christian rock band. And then my uh, junior and senior year in high school kind of took a turn and, you know, did like kind of cover bands and played. I I listened to a lot of Ben Folds 5 when I was, you know, 15, 16. That's that's like every nerd pianist listens to Ben Folds 5. And when I finally met him, actually, like we played a show on the same, like he played one night, we played the next with with a with the Indianapolis uh, Symphony maybe like four or five years ago. And when I met him, I had prepared, and I was like, I'm just going to tell him he's the reason I was a musician, because I really, he was, and he was the reason I decided to do it. And right when I was about to tell him that, like some other people came over and like made an ass of themselves, and uh, I never got a chance to. So Ben, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have heard he is... The nicest person to fans of like yeah. any musician yeah, yeah he's um, really
1: he's, he's really sweet to us like he was great to us the whole
0: time yeah I, I i remember one time i was i was i'm in chicago and i was i was driving with my brother once and it's just it's one of those weird moments where like we were just like parked like we were sitting at a stoplight yeah. and someone crossed the street i'm like is that is that Ben folds <laughs> and he's just walking across the street. I'm like, why yeah. is he, I, I don't know. Didn't get out to say anything to him, but uh, it, yeah. yeah, it's always, he's, I've heard too. His shows are just so awesome and that he'll take requests, whatever yeah. requests you want.
1: Totally. Well, he's, and he's such a, you know, a virtuosic musician. He can do that. Like, yeah. you know, he can, but I think it is really special. Like, I don't know. I mean, when, at, you know, as, as our band started touring and get, getting on bills with, with other bands, like, Whenever there would be a band that would really make time for the younger bands on the bill, mm-hmm. like us, I mean, it it was like, you know, it was like so important. It was amazing to us. Like I'm, you know, I remember like, um, yeah, I mean, this has happened a bunch of times, but like Ben was an example. Um, you know, we went on a tour early on with uh, Alt J, where like we were their opening cool. act for whatever, six weeks, and they were so cool with us and so inclusive and, like, made us feel just, like, part of the thing. And You know, those are like, really important experiences. And then, actually, we had um, one that, maybe the biggest one for me that was just, it was just really cool, was that um, Sam Amidon was opened for one of our headline tours, you know, folk yeah. folk And yeah. I love his music, and, like, he um, to you know, it felt kind of surreal to have him opening the shows. I was, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, like, he has some of my top you know 10 20 songs um and it was just cool to to yeah to feel like i was could be a part of that um and that he was you know such a generous person with all of us and you know and we ended up making a song together and so oh, it was just so like nice. those moments when that happens in that way you just feel really thankful to be part of you know this kind of like unending right you know the age of people who get on these stages every night right i guess it's like kind of you know it's it's nice when it's that way and not the like you know Shaq and Charles Barkley like getting on Joel Embiid's case kind of thing you know yeah.
0: <laughs> totally totally yeah. um so you mentioned yeah you have like your two lanes you've got yeah. your solo album came out Is is you switching yeah. lanes again anytime soon
1: yeah yeah so we have a new San main album that we're in the process of um we just I think we just mastered it so it's like done cool. and it's much more you know it's like it's real indie folk kind of you know um not not fussy arrangements like really kind of um i'm really excited about it nine Mm -hmm. songs like not 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 a no extraneous kind of stuff i think um and so that will be you know we'll probably go on tour with that i mean we haven't really figured out when we're gonna put it out yet and we haven't really announced it but that's in the process right Um, but yeah i was just. you know it's it's like it's kind of fun i feel like music right now in particular is a place where there's such a wide variety of like, um, like it's just such a crazy varied field that, you know, you kind of have to have multiple things so that yeah. you're not just waiting for the next album cycle, you know? So right. like, you know, we did, I don't know if Alan mentioned this when he was on the show, but um, you know, like uh, he and Claire, who's the same, both singers in my band, like we just, they just sang in my, I just had like a show. It was like kind of a, somewhere between like an opera and a musical that happened here, uh, in, in New Jersey, like last month. And they mm-hmm. both were in it. And it was like, uh, you know, Alan had all these fake tattoos all up his <laughs> neck. And he actually, we actually ended up getting stopped by some campus police, which was kind of, I would say, oh, messed up. Yeah. Um, they're like, where are you guys headed? And I was like, literally the opera, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let us go. Oh,
0: man, ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, but yeah, like having those, the variation in your career, um, I think it's important and I think they kind of talk to each other, you know, I think it, it all goes yeah. back and forth. Um, well,
0: and, and two, you guys have better company, right? Like yeah. doing all the music with, with all these other bands and, and helping those other bands. I know I've, I've, uh, talked a lot with, um, Divine Sweater, um, who they have yeah. one dropping and, and I, I was yeah. actually on his podcast, his Celtics podcast. Um, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. It was, he's, yeah. Uh, I, didn't,
1: I didn't realize that he had a podcast yeah all right
0: it's, it's called Celtics Land. yeah you certainly could
1: all right I'll call, I'll call them up i I mean yeah we got i got to rep rep those better company bands that you know that we have this it's a really great record divine sweater has coming out I, and i'm super
0: excited yeah. to hear that yeah yeah um, it's fun to
1: be on on that side of the t- table a little bit too like right to be able to be now you know helping foster a place for uh great musicians and also like yeah give them give them a platform and also gives me a re- reason to be you know rooting for other musicians rather than yeah you know yeah. elbowing out space on festival posters you know what I mean <laughs> sure yeah yeah
0: that's a that's a great way to look at it yeah. yeah um so yeah you have your two lanes but you also I guess you kind of have your your third lane of basketball right like yeah um True. growing up where were you at you said you were like Pretty competitive at basketball like you were in yeah. circuits and stuff yeah yeah
1: i was i was uh i played on an au team the rylan hawks which um was really uh stacked um the year ahead of us actually was um they were maybe even better team and their best player was joe Mazzulla, who's now the coach of celtics wow. um so like he, he was around you know uh, which is pretty cool and then on our team i think everyone Except for maybe one or two other guys, ended up on pretty good Division One teams. Um, uh, one guy went D two, and then I was recruited at a pretty consistent. Like I, I was recruited by by some IVs, and then by um, you know some a, a, a fair amount of D three places. But sure, um, I kind of. I lost steam on it right around the time that I would have had to really double down. Like I, yeah. one of the things that was kind of on the table was, Oh, like, should I, should you go do a post-grad year at Northfield Mount Herman or one of these kind of like prep places to, mm-hmm. you know, really, um, solidify your stock as like a division one person. Cause I was, you know, I was a tweener. I was six, two, um, not particularly, uh, like not a great outside shooter, like streaky outside shooter good athlete a good like slasher you know above the rim kind of player but i couldn't really yeah like i i would have sat the bench at any of these ivy league places unless i really like put a lot of work in um so i ended up basically yeah just ended up playing club and in in in, uh, in college which i always felt a little bit sad about that i have you know didn't really like explore it to the fullest like but you yeah. know I, I just wasn't headed towards a professional career so <laughs> it
0: feels like you, you you get to a point where you have to commit one way or another because yeah to yeah. to be truly successful in something you really have to devote so much time to it so
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah um, yeah and
1: i think that the college experience for like a lot of the guys especially if it was going to be at a place like you know brown or or wherever like it, it's like you don't get to do even at the ivies like you don't get to do the thing the the college experience Mm -hmm. you're just you're just doing the you're just going to practice so right I think it would have really changed my experience on the music scene for sure
0: got it um Alan mentioned you know playing against some guys like Gerald Henderson are there any NBA future NBA players that you played against yeah
1: yeah we had a few I used to play every year I'd play maybe two times against Phil Pressey who was a, a Celtics player for a while
0: yeah um
1: and then um trying to think who ended up actually in the league we had um we definitely played against some some guys who ended up in the league for sure and that uh, in a lot of those tournaments like i remember that i was at a tournament where the game after us was um it was Derek rose eric gordon kevin love like it was just uh brandon jennings it was like the, you know, it was yeah. absolutely stacked you know they were it turned out went to the championship we did not but uh <laughs> um but yeah, I think the best player I probably, I mean, in terms of the person who took it the farthest, it would have been someone like Phil Pressey or Alex Oriaki mm-hmm. played for BABC. I think he ended up maybe sniffing some two-way contracts or something like that. I don't know yeah, exactly yeah. now, ended up. Um, and then there's a guy from my hometown, crazy enough, because we had this tiny, I was from a really small town in Berkeley, Massachusetts. Um, he was five years older than many, uh Tony Gaffney, who did end up on the Celtics roster for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he played in Israel for a long time. Right. And he was kind mm-hmm. of like a, you know, like a hero for <laughs> all, every everyone who grew up in 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 that area. You know, and he took our like our little public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took he took them to the I think it was the final four, maybe of the you know the Massachusetts like final right level. right state championships, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. You know, he was averaging like I think I think he was averaging over ten blocks, like eleven or twelve blocks. He's like a six six, you know, kind of. Uh, athlete yeah it was it was was fun but i think alan ended up playing against better guys in high school because he was in the he was in the like real prep sort of circuit (laughs) there you know
0: yeah uh we we must be really close in age because i i think i mentioned alan as well that Derek rose like you know when i was in high school I, I didn't. I didn't play at that point in high school anymore. But um, I had no. a lot of friends who were on the team, and because we're in Ch- Chicago area, we don't often play the the city teams frequently. But we, they did for like a summer league game that played against Simeon, where Derek Rose is playing, and, and just yeah. that dude is just like so fast; it's so insane. Yeah. Didn't uh, didn't go well for the
1: home team. <laughs> no, no,
0: not not quite. He played like yeah. ten minutes and and put up like like not even he played like five minutes and put up like fifteen points. Like.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. There was like, I think that was when I started realizing I'd go to some of those AU, like the Vegas tournament, and you'd be like, man, the difference between where I'm at and where these guys at, is just, it was, yeah. The game that I, that, that game I was describing with all those stars in it, the best player on the court was this guy renardo Sidney, who ended up at louisville he he was younger he was like two years younger and he absolutely destroyed it. like i think he really outplayed kevin love in that game wow. and everyone was like renardo sydney he's the next number one pick that's what people were talking about he was 15 or something and then i think he's you know whatever it didn't work out he ended up at louisville and played there for a year like flamed out makes you realize just how much attrition there is and how like how difficult it really is to get to the finish line you know yeah. Even if you're you know hoop dream style i guess even if you're working yeah. with really great talents
0: you know hard yeah i feel like stuff changes year to year like yeah. it's so fast and like there's plenty of people you remember who are like top high school recruits who are like yeah. God, what what happened yeah. just go even yeah, even sorry. I, I've seen a lot of stuff. You know the guy, uh, Mikey Williams, who's like all yeah. like over all Yeah, the He's kinda again. gone
1: down the rankings, right? Like he's he, he's he been, I run. feel
0: like, a high school prospect for what feels like seven years. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I, I got like arrested for like not I don't know if it was arrested, yeah. but he had some like stuff with like gun charges or something, which is like he's ridiculous. Supposed to go to Memphis, keep right, that. but he might
1: not. Is that the And then, yeah. there
0: was talk for a while too. He's like, Maybe I'll go to HBCU, maybe, you know, right. maybe I'll do that mm-hmm. route, but like it really has felt like a long time. I can't believe he's still in high school, <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, um, that is wild. Do you still play at all?
1: A little bit. I had, I you know, thanks to touring, I've had some real back problems, which is uh, maybe yeah. a common refrain. I don't know, you know. But uh, like, I maybe 2015, maybe three years into touring, two two or three years into touring, I was like, started to like be like, oh, I don't really want to move this, you know, keyboard case in and i started feeling funny and took me ended up taking me like um you know a while to work through it a lot of problems but i've been playing you know every now and then kind of casually i have a friend who's a filmmaker who's like a a six six um he came to the game late he's like mm-hmm. six six like uh who does he play like it's like a kind of a you know post-game kind of like pass out of the post guy and so the two of us will go and he's a uh, a good friend of mine so we'll go we'll go play like half court uh, every couple of weeks
0: that's my play style too i'm six five.
1: Oh yeah all right there you yeah. go yeah you just kind of park in the middle uh-huh. you know, do the Pe- thing. people are
0: gonna try you know just because you're big people are gonna try and go and go after the ball and then you pass back out it's great yeah yeah
1: <laughs> there there is a real like, the, totally exactly there's a real like uh I mean, not to get dark on the podcast, but there's a sadness to be like, fuck, I remember when I could do this. <laughs> you know. And then like, you want to tell
0: people like, no, 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 I was good, <laughs> right, right?
1: but they don't know it, did, cares. Everyone was good. Yeah. Did
0: you, were you dunking at your peak?
1: Oh yeah. I was a, I was a very good like jumper.
0: Um, okay. I was also you a you slasher. So I, yeah, yeah, I assume.
1: I also was, I think I came in third and high jump in my, in, for the state. So I was like, that was kind of my thing. So I did. I did have some like post thirty kind of moments. Um, yeah. But I was not. Uh, I was a one footed jumper, so I had it was all like either the, the two ways I would get dunks would be fast break. Yeah. You know, kick out. Or we had this one play called X on my uh, AAU team, which was basically um, throw the ball into our, we had this big guy Ben Kranka who was like um, uh, was like a six nine. He ended up playing at Vermont um and he'd come up to the high post or our other big guy Alberto would come up and then basically the point guard would cross he'd fake the handoff one way and then i would cross he'd fake that he'd give the handoff the other way so sometimes you could catch teams and i could get like a you know a dunk off of that so that was yeah, my yeah. that was like i would just sit around waiting for that play just like jumping <laughs> up and down at one point my dad said you have to stop when they call that play you just start jumping up and down and it's clear <laughs> what's going on you have to like come on.
0: yeah right right that's amazing um so you grew up a Celtics
1: fan, yeah? Yeah, I was a big my my dad is from Kentucky. Um and so I grew up like when I was six, my first year watching basketball, UK won the 96 championship with Antoine Walker mm-hmm. and like Tony Delk. And I mean it's a really stacked high school team. Or sorry, college team. Um and then Walker and Ron Mercer and and walter mccarty from that team all ended up on the celtics so it was like a very natural transition so i grew up 45 minutes south of boston um right so i was like shit okay great this is perfect it's like the guys that i just you know and so that got me into it and then they had rondo you know whatever maybe four or five years later Mm -hmm. um and i was a real diehard fan all the way through basically through college and then when danny ainge came on I mean he obviously you know he won them that championship with the, the Kevin garnett trade and all that but he was so uh he had no like uh, compunction about trading these guys and mm-hmm. um and then once they traded rondo i was like he was my favorite player rondo because uh-huh. i was i was like the guys who were a little like two in their heads you know who like <laughs> couldn't quite get out of their own way mm-hmm. um And once he traded Rondo, I kind of was like, okay, now I think I'm just, you know, I, and now I mostly, I watch a ton of games, but I mostly kind of root for the guys that I watch the UK. And then, you know, I would, I would prefer the Celtics win, but I don't have like that much of a connection to Tatum and Brown or anything like that.
0: Interesting. You don't often see, uh, Someone who like is like I'm I'm done rooting for this team. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. You know, I of my many uh
1: attributes, I don't think I'm a very loyal fan. To okay. Be honest. I think I'm kind of a front runner. So
0: that's fair. It is Ain't nothing wrong with is. that. I mean, especially in today's NBA, like they cater it to root for players over teams, uh and that's kind of. I think that's kind of awesome, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm. Uh, you know, it, you probably parallel it. It probably. You know around the time that bands stopped being as much of a thing and more you know more solo acts started being more of a music thing i, I
0: yeah
1: i feel like we're, in general like we're all kind of conditioned now to bond with personalities rather yeah. than you know kind of units you could also
0: connect it to you know releasing singles over albums too like yeah, at this point totally. you know that's very yeah
1: or, or it's like or yeah i mean there's there's i feel like there's endless connections right but yeah. the, the fact that there's the only the. only What is it four years is the max deal now basically maybe five on some of those like and it's like yeah a lot of record labels not giving more than you know one or two options right because it's like no one wants to be locked into something that they can't Mm -hmm. uh that that ends up being a bad investment so because of that i I think there's a lot of jumping around in both both things
0: right yeah i always feel like the the people really care about the personalities of players and i've i've always compared it to like pro wrestling where it's like it's the (laughs) celebrity of it all like there's, totally. there's storylines in the nba man
1: totally yeah that clippers series where he's playing against the it's like durant and uh like chris uh chris paul and all those guys i mean he hates all those guys that yeah. westbrook does you know so it's kind of fun to see him like
0: and just like it's funny that's off <laughs> yeah it's just so funny the storylines that like come up, where it's like yeah you got westbrook and katie and like westbrook's been bad but like man he is guarding the hell out of out of everyone on that team i know like well, playing I out watched of his the mind.
1: last like I watched the last like quarter of that game the other day where the Clippers won, and uh, Westbrook like I just watched the last quarter and I was like Westbrook looks amazing. I mean, he had every mm-hmm. rebound. It was the first time I've seen him look good in. in he had twenty eight
0: points I think in game two.
1: Did he? Wow. Yeah, so I yeah. didn't see game two, but I was like he, he looks amazing. And then I saw his final stat line. He's like three for nineteen. But yeah, he yeah, Also, yeah. totally won them the game.
0: Like it was, yeah. like, you know, he had an awesome game. block on KD. Yeah. 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 Um, wild so as far as players go are there any particular players that you you root for right now
1: um yeah totally uh, i mean so my favorite player all time was was rondo i think and he's yeah. basically out of the league now but it was yeah. fun to watch him do the like the one more playoff rondo with the, with the lakers that was fun mm-hmm. um Slightly controversial opinion, but I love Anthony Davis. He brought me, a, uh, brought me a championship. So, you know, even though he's kind of made a glass these days. But even that part I'm, like, rooting for. I'm, like, yeah. you know, I, I just want him to stay upright.
0: You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Do you do you stick him, with your UK guys? Basically.
1: Outside yeah. of that, it gets a little more front-runnery. It's like, yeah, I'd love to see LeBron win another championship just because it's, like, fun to see him win. Yeah. Um, or, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, people whose games I really – a lot of people love just
0: you know, him. just love to watch Ja. Like he's just like fun yeah, to watch. Exactly.
1: Yeah, dudes like that. Yeah, Jha is like amazing to watch. Yeah. But someone like Ja is like a player who I would never totally bond with unless he was like a UK guy. it's like yeah. he's got all the he's got all the tools. He's just so good. It's like hard to find a way in. I mean, I guess LeBron and you say obviously the same thing, but often the guys that I really liked were dudes who mm-hmm. had some very obvious flaw. Antoine Walker was my early favorite, you know, from yeah, yeah, UK. Where it's like this guy cannot shoot, but will he stop shooting? No. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. and I guess somehow I kind of like that. He like couldn't compute that. He just, so like Julius Randall feels like that to me a little bit where he's yeah. like, a, like clearly flawed player uh, who I don't think you could win a championship as, as with him as your best guy, but I really want him to do well. Like I really
0: like him. But so. with Jalen Brunson, like kind of at that his side, that's kind of a nice, an RJP, I I, I, I've, I've, I've never liked the Knicks, but yeah. I for some reason like this team. I don't know I, why
1: they're likable. They're likable. Yeah. Also, I feel like the fact that they're all playing for Thibodeau, w- yeah. w- you just imagine they're like the experience must be so bad. Like he <laughs> so, seems like such a dick and such a hard as up. a
0: Bulls fan, I understand this. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So I feel bad for them all. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. Any any win feels good. And I was in a bar the other day here in in, in the city in Brooklyn, and uh, you know, there was just some like real classic Knicks fans in there. Um, you know, and I was just sort of like listening to them talk. And I, the Knicks have such a real fan base. I mean, it's so cool. Like I go to these, I go to Nets games all the time, and it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of hipsters being like, "Isn't this fun?" <laughs> you know, and it's like actually really fun to go. You know, hear Knicks fans talk who've been in it for fifty years, and they're yeah. just so you know really invested.
0: Right. You're you're in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, I live in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. lived in Park Slope for like four years. Uh, yeah. No. Not too long ago. I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm right. I love the next days.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barclay's like a 10-minute walk. So, like, I'll go probably a couple times a year, maybe four or five times a year, I'll see a game. But I don't know. Every time I go, it's like, I'm like, this is not a home crowd. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. But I, I I went to, I think, one or two games while I was out there. And mm-hmm. it, it is such an interesting arena because it's like, yeah. it goes down, not yeah. up. Yeah. It's so, yeah. it's, it really yeah. threw me off when I first went in there. Um, mm-hmm. So playoffs going on right now mm-hmm. uh there's games literally games happening right now but uh have you been watching
1: yeah mostly you know i kind of i kind of tune in and out depending yeah. on, like some nights i have to be yeah but Same. i i watched all the playing games because i thought yeah. i think that's so fun i really like playing games it was um,
0: it was as the bulls were you know that first game i was like really feeling it and then yeah down
1: yeah <laughs> it crashed, crashed out it was uh yeah i i i do feel like the the playoffs i get more invested as it goes for obvious reasons but also like there's so much variance now with the scoring because the Mm -hmm. the three-point shooting that even these series that go six or seven games sometimes you'll tune in and it's like this is a 30-point game in the second quarter you know it feels weird where
0: every game i i never know what to expect like yeah like this for example this buck series like they blew them out yesterday without Giannis. And it's like yeah. did not expect that. So that's yeah. I know I never oh, right. know what to expect now.
1: And the Grizzlies won the game without without Ja, right? There's yeah. just so much variance. It's actually like, I would not want to be betting on these games.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this uh, the King series has been so fun to watch.
1: So talk about flawed players and also UK guys, but Malik Monk is like my, like Dude. I love watching Malik Monk because he's such a flawed player. He's like JR Smith 2.0, but he's so <laughs> fun, you know. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. And then obviously, I mean, Fox is great. Yeah. I saw that, I went to see a Nets game. I saw Nets Kings a couple of weeks ago when they were here. And um, Sabonis is like really interesting player. Like he's mm-hmm. so... He's not that big, actually. Like, but he's just so strong. And then he's just, his footwork is so solid. His pace is so solid. And it was pretty cool to see that in person. He just like absolutely destroyed the net. So It was pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: It is kind of frustrating that the, you know, with everything that happened with the Draymond Green thing, it, that the discourse is always going to be around that and not about that yeah. the Kings are <laughs> actually just outplaying them.
1: Light the beam. I have a friend who just <laughs> moved up to Sacramento and I've been meaning to call him because he's a, guy who i played basketball with all growing up yeah. and um, i think like right now it seems like a you know they have a little bit of that milwaukee circa 2018 vibe mm-hmm. of just like a starved fan base that's just like psyched oh, right look. now you know even
0: i would say even to flip it uh warriors with like the baron davis years yes. the, oh, we yeah, believe, so the we believe that's, yeah, that's the, be like, the energy like yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's it's really it's really funny to flip that now and now the Warriors themselves are the villains in this situation
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I, w- I would be happy to see them out. Honestly. I think the Kings would be a fun story I agree,
0: I agree. and just to see Fox just yeah. clearly one of the most clutch players in the league. Yeah Oh,
1: yeah, well, he we just won it raise right? the first uh, the first clutch uh, That's
0: like a good new, new player of the year. Yeah, who's it named after I don't know I that, that one I mm-hmm. missed
1: but right. They've named did, a bunch They of-
0: announced coach too. Did, did he win coach as well?
1: Uh yeah. yeah. Uh Brown. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's Which great I'm glad. to see. You
1: know, It's nice. Yeah, it's nice to see also these coaches who like. I mean, I love watching LeBron, but it can't be fun to coach him at a certain mm-hmm. point because you just know that at some point you will be fired. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's nice to see these guys who, who coach. Unless LeBron you're Spolstra. Spolstra.
0: hanging in with the Heat.
1: Yeah, it's true. Actually, that's the one, yeah. right?
0: There. Yeah. Um Yeah, playoffs fun. I, you know, I'm enjoying watching them. I can't wait to keep watching it. You know, Jokic obviously still doing his thing and just yeah. kind of destroying the other team. Um,
1: yeah, he's he's one I just don't understand how it works. Him and Luca, Luca. I also saw live, and I was like, I was like, every single one of these shots looks like it should be blocked, but he's just he's like just an inch, you know, above. Mm-hmm. And Jokic, I feel the same way, where he has that weird arc where he just sort yeah. of like leans back a little farther, and uh, yeah. he just feels like someone should be able to block it. Right. And <laughs> his, his footwork,
0: too, I keep, like, every time I watch him, like, it is so smooth, but I keep also thinking, like, it looks like you're about to, like, trip over your own feet. He's so but, dopey. But, like, it's all on purpose, and I, yeah. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah. I don't get it at all. But I'm I'm happy he's in the league. It's fun to watch him play.
0: Absolutely um so i i uh in the email i sent you i mentioned there's like a little game at the play at the end i i don't know if you had time to prepare for this
1: yeah i got i got some uh i was thinking about it walking over uh let's see i got i got some so this is i i made a mistake at first because i was like make a basketball team out of musicians and then i was like no it's the other way around
0: yeah so the idea being uh if if a player Invokes like a type of style, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Assign them to an instrument. Yeah. How, how are they going to play together, basically in a band? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, make make a band out of NBA players.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to start on the drums. Uh, I put Robert Williams on the drums because he's the Time Lord. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I feel like he would be he'd be a steadying presence at the back.
0: You know, what's funny you mentioned that is when I was on uh, Alex the Divine Sweaters podcast. Yeah. He borrowed this game with all Celtics players, and I picked him Robert Williams on the drums. Oh my god! All so, right. perfect lineup right there. Got you, man. Got you.
1: Yeah. I, I also just think, I'm just I just love so deeply that nickname. It's like my favorite yeah, nickname. Perfect. Um, so he'd be on the drums. It doesn't have to be active players, right?
0: No, it's anything.
1: All right. I feel like I feel like Charles Barkley on the bass. Yes.
0: He's got that
1: round. He's got that round vibe, you know, nice round I, uh, tone.
0: I've done this game one one or two other times, um, mm-hmm. and I think someone else said Barkley because he is like the way he like thrashes around in the post. Like he's yeah. he's got yeah. like a like a grungy bass sound to it. I totally see Definitely. that.
1: Definitely, yeah. And also, he's got um. I feel like power forwards are bassists. You know, it's like yeah. this is they're important, but like they're not super flashy. Even when they're stars, you know.
0: I feel like Um, I've also previously picked uh, Patrick Ewing on bass because he wears the wristbands and the wristbands are such a bassist move.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And also he does, I feel like he kind of does the chicken head a little bit. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see, Um, put my guy Rajon Rondo on on keys and music director. So he'd be the band director, you know. I feel like he'd Very be nice. a dick to work for, but he'd be really exacting and good. And yeah. he's definitely he's definitely a piano player. That guy, like that's that's his like mind for sure.
0: Is Ronda um, like writing all the music basically and kind of directing the rest of the band?
1: I think so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he's writing the music, but he's clashing with the uh, he's with the, with the, with the singer. Okay. So then we got so then on guitar, I think lead guitar. I put SGA. Because nice. um, I feel like he's like he's like very fashionable. He could kind of sell the band, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like he'd be like in touch. He'd have like he just would have good tone. I don't know. I feel like he'd have yeah. good tone. He's also um, flashy
0: too, so I feel like he can he can flash it on on guitar. Get some nice little yeah. solo action maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think singer maybe I'd say Anthony Edwards. I feel like Anthony Edwards got that charisma. He's like I feel like he's very comfortable on the mic. Mm-hmm. he'd answer interview questions well you know he's got like he's kind of young up and coming uh you know flashy but like can play within a system a little bit mm-hmm. but i think he and rondo would have a lot of problems because rondo would have been the music director for some other band that was successful like 10 years ago and he'd have like thoughts about how it's done and anthony edwards would be like nah man it's all tiktok now and they'd have like you know they'd have, they'd have butt heads a little bit
0: i could see that i 100 percent see that yeah
1: that's my that's my group there yeah
0: what so with all these people together like what what is that what is that sound like is there like a band that they kind of sound like uh
1: um they definitely the the one the one influence they all agree on is flying lotus they can all agree (laughs) that that's like but but besides that they're all pulling in different directions i think
0: okay interesting i i yeah very eclectic sound
1: yeah Cool. yeah heady a little jazz inflected you know it's a little three cere- it's a cerebral band for sure <laughs> but like you know but they're but they got some style certainly yeah the younger front man and all that
0: and the inevitability that we can look forward to future side projects because you know they're but not staying together
1: definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then definitely like you know the basis is going to be just an old head like yelling at clouds soon enough you know <laughs> like that's the i think that's the that's the vibe i think we've got some right. of those in our bands. So. yeah <laughs>
0: awesome that yeah that worked out great that worked out very well um thanks for joining dude this is this was fun to talk some some basketball and uh yeah of course thanks especially talk on. about your your new album um
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's um anyone in new york they are playing on wednesday at public records wednesday night um and uh darian donovan thomas is opening a really cool musician plays with Moses Sumney. a couple other really great acts um, oh nice and uh and uh yeah, and then we got new San me and stuff. will be coming down the down the pike soon enough. So you know, stay awesome. tuned for that as well.
0: Yeah, I can't can't wait for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks again for joining, dude. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, yeah appreciate it, man. Thanks See you on the road sometime. Yeah, definitely. That's a wrap on this one. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, it was a pleasure talking with Ellis. Make sure you see his show if you are in New York. ask for Indie Basketball, you know where to find us. Uh, anyone who can support on Patreon, that would be huge. Uh, We're trying to make more half-court sessions this summer, uh, and supporting on Patreon would be a huge help in getting that done. Uh, Big thank you to anyone who is a supporter currently on Patreon. It really means a lot. But you know the drill. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and and TikTok, and uh, thanks for listening. Check back for the next one.